0: Radio check. Loud and
1: clear. KSL Sports and KSL Podcast present Mode Push, an American view of F1, starting now. Don't stop. This is what you get with this honestly f- I've gussed. I've absolutely gussed. I enjoy this so f- much. Thank you. Thank you. Everybody welcome in it is our F1 podcast sweeping at least our families nations okay uh taking away from our personal family time because this is such a hard gig Dan Dan Jimenez joining me on the program as usual I'm Alex Curie it is our it is our podcast
2: that we like to call
1: Mode Push Dan what's up man how was race weekend
2: It was great I mean, some are calling it the the race of the season. I think there's an argument for that. It was a a fantastic race.
1: You know what's funny is why was it the race of the season? Because the conditions got really weird, and that's never something you want to really hang your
2: hat on. Like, yeah, it was really awesome. You know why? Because the weather was terrible. (laughs) Yeah, you can't say that in any other sport, but – uh, 186 overtakes hey which is uh officially the most overtakes in an f1 race ever
1: oh ever so oh,
2: ever okay. so the most passes we've ever seen now a lot of those overtakes happen in the pit lane with so many people diving in for tires and all that but even during when it dried out i was surprised at how much overtaking there was uh in side-by-side racing it seemed like cars could pass at the end of both of the, the uh, DRS straights Um, Zandvoort delivered in a way that I don't think it had in the previous two years.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I think the thing that's uh, best about that, I think the thing that we got out of this the most was that um, it wasn't the beating. I mean, that's what I think the weather does, right? If the weather were perfect, would Max have won by a minute and a half? I don't know. Maybe Uh, his car is certainly as dialed up as it's ever been. But he also had to be – I mean, like, he just – it's one thing to have the fastest car, Dan, but he also just doesn't make mistakes, it seems like, which is extremely frustrating but also really an amazing thing for us to witness this
2: year. It was the most impressive uh, – most impressed I've ever been of a, a drive by Max Verstappen because he had so many opportunities to make a mistake throughout the race with all the different conditions that were thrown at him. And, yeah, he delivered to perfection. So I just I, – you know, I'm sure all of us want to see another winner – uh, but to see him tie that the all-time streak record of nine race nine wins in a row and under those conditions, you just have to tip your hat to him. Uh, what would be more amazing
1: that uh, for the season would it be that Max accomplishes the almost impossible and wins out the rest of the nine races? I mean, he's got how many however many in a row now? Does he have nine in a row now that he's won? And nine, yeah. and uh, would it be more impressive that he were to do that? or that somebody else enters the mix and somebody else hooks their car up enough to be able to figure it out. Certainly I think like Aston Martin over the weekend started to see a little bit more of their form that they had at the beginning of the year. But what would be something that your desire would be more so that Max would finish that off and totally just make it the most boring season ever, but also one of the more amazing accomplishments in racing history?
2: Uh, I mean, as a fan, I want to see other teams catch up and make it racy there for the first position so maybe the consolation prizes if not then we get to witness history and you you, you know yeah we can't understate how much of an accomplishment that would be if he wins out the rest of the year and Red Bull has a perfect season it would be incredible. I would just be, you know, we obviously worry, what does that mean for the following seasons? And is, is anybody going to be able to catch up before 2026 when the regulations change again? But, uh, I have hope that, um, there are going to be, uh, moments when maybe max, you know, or the team isn't totally on their game. And another team is now close enough to capitalize. I think Aston Martin, McLaren, and then honestly, Mercedes, uh, the pace analysis showed that Mercedes was just as fast as Red Bull during wow. the race, but they were just mired back with, you know, poor qualifying and then a bad strategy. But when things dried out, they were just as fast. So if they had started up front, I think they would have been knocking on the door, too. So I think the teams are getting closer, but Max just hasn't stepped, uh, stepped a foot awry uh, at all. So
1: let's hear a little bit from those first their, uh, podium
2: finishers here. This is a reaction
1: starting with Max and then down to... Uh, Fernando, and then also to a surprise on the third position of the podium in uh, Pierre Gasly. Take a listen to win nine in a row. Even when you have the best car on, on on the grid, it's always incredibly tough, and especially with a day like today, you know everything is basically against you, and it's easy to um, to trip up, make a mistake, go off. But we didn't. We stayed calm, and uh, yeah, to win a race like this today is definitely very rewarding. And then of course, being in. Uh, your home Grand Prix as well with all the fans makes it even better.
0: Well, I felt great today. Uh, the car was, uh, yeah, it was alive. I think uh, I was, I was, I was feeling connected to the car today uh, from the beginning. So we overtook a few cars at the start, and then in the very difficult conditions in the first laps, we were very fast, even faster than Max. Um, and yeah, at the end, to finish P2 after the, the difficulties that we went through in, in the month of July, um, yeah, it feels like, as I said, being alive again. It feels good. I must say it feels good. And especially, you know, uh, start of the season, I felt like we were pretty unfortunate on, on many occasions. And uh, we're like, OK, there's nothing we can do. You know, we just got to keep trying hard, keep pushing, keep focusing on ourselves and improve what we we can and what we have in our hands. And uh, Today was an insane race, like a lot of actions, a lot of calls, Um, I called it on lap 1 to box straight away, Uh, we had great pit stop, great strategy, Uh, the pace was was good, I could uh, keep up and and even pull away from from the Ferrari and kind of stay not too far from Fernando and uh, yeah, it just got me very excited again, you know, fighting for for this position is obviously a lot more enjoyable and uh, yeah. We had a small penalty, five-second penalty, but uh, luckily on the other side, uh, Chico had a five-second penalty as well, and um, yeah, it all worked out. Uh,
1: that's not that impressive, by the way, Dan, to 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 pass a Ferrari these days. You just everybody's doing it. Come on,
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, does not say much. No, I mean Gasly, he seems to get the most out of the car when he's put in this position of like okay like you're way ahead than uh, further ahead than you should be and can you close it out he seems to be able to close it out like he's clutch i guess is what i'm trying to say uh but yeah he got kind of got a little fortunate there with sergio's 5 second penalty putting him on the podium
1: yeah one thing that uh you know i guess performance wise over the weekend pierre gasly getting that that p3 was pretty interesting Checo had the weirdest race, right? I mean, at one point he was leading the thing and everyone's going, geez. And then there was the question kind of in the middle of whether or not he was, you know, getting screwed on the uh, on the team call to undercut with Max coming in earlier, getting a, and, and Checo even asking, like, did we just get undercut yeah. by Max while we were in the lead? And, you know, it turns out that it was the team. It lo- I think it was pr- probably Christian Horner who made that call. It wasn't Max's team who just go, let's do it now. So I do think that there's a... You know, I don't know. Checo has just had such weird races, and most of it is just on him. I mean, you you, you get you get fourth place after you should have been on the podium because of a five second penalty, and you know, just there's a couple things here and there that Checo just keeps does not do it, Just doesn't do himself any favors. It seems like, and I'm bummed for the guy because I like him. But it just doesn't seem like a guy who's going to end up at Red Bull long term because Helmut Marco is brutal and doesn't care about your feelings, doesn't care that you've got 200 plus points, you know, in the in the uh, driver standing and that you're, you know, in a solid second place there. It does not matter because they just look at it and go, yeah, you could have done way better. And I mean, but at the same time, they're celebrating Max. And so I don't I don't I don't know how things feel at Red Bull, except for they're trying to they're trying to really love this moment that they're in. Uh, and enjoy the fact that they're the best in the world and maybe the best it's ever been. And yet, at the same time, they have to have a second driver conversation probably at the end of the year.
2: Yeah, leading up to the race throughout the weekend, there was mixed messages coming from different members on the team. And, you know, Helmut Marco, he doesn't hold back. And he was kind of insinuating that they're uh, reevaluating that second uh, seat, uh, even for next year, which is still a contract year for Sergio. So going into the race, it's like all that is like a cloud hanging over him. And he executes pretty well, you know, pits on the first um, lap to get onto the intermediates. You know, it makes up a ton of time, r- r- comes out in front of Max, gets the undercut, which sucks, but I understand it. Christian Horn is going to make that call. But then like when the rain came the second time um, towards the end of the race, I mean, he made two mistakes that Max didn't make. He uh, lost the car a little bit on pit road, which caused him to speed and then, he uh or i think it was even before that it was when he spun out going into turn 1 like mm-hmm. max didn't make those mistakes under the same conditions right. so um you know he just wasn't quite on it uh like max is and that's kind of been the story of the season
1: so you have a strong performance from alex albon this weekend uh fourth on the grid uh starting after a, just an insane qualifying I think that that guy, I mean, he's loving where he's at right now. He said the the Williams car feels better than it's ever felt since he's been in it. So that's positive. Uh, that's a positive sign for, uh, you know, the Williams team. When you look at some of the drivers, I can't help but think that Charles Leclerc is just absolutely beside himself, his teammate outperforming him. But not only that, Charles just looked hapless. He was getting passed. I think there was that moment when Liam Lawson, who gets, who got to start because of, uh, of Danny Rick, I mean, it was not lost on anybody. In fact, it was the only time that we've been excited about a 17v18, uh, you know, a P17 and P18 battle that was happening because it was just like, look at Liam Lawson passing Charles Leclerc, who ended up passing him right back again because he's going, I don't want to get fired today. Like, let's not make this happen today. So it was just a bad weekend for, uh, for Ferrari overall. They've just been... It, everybody keeps saying these guys are super talented and this car is a massive mystery for these drivers.
2: Yeah. They were slow through every practice session. They weren't all that fast and qualifying. And then, yeah, I mean, lap one, Charles, supposedly Charles made the the call to come into pit road. And so the team wasn't quite ready, but I'm also thinking it's raining outside, go stand up and stand next to the intermediate tires in case your driver comes in. It's not that hard, but you know they you know he pits he comes to a stop they take the wheels off there's no tires there to get put on so he waits another five ten seconds and so it just looked like another comedy of errors on ferrari's part and then yeah charles kind of maybe picked up some damage uh and and just was slow and yeah liam lawson it was cool to see him pass uh charles and then liam also unlapped himself and got past max which i read a stat is the first um, time Max has been passed on track by anybody this season was Liam Lawson unlapping himself right before uh, the safety <laughs> car there or the red flag there at the end, which uh, is cool. I mean, Liam Lawson, like the dude was like playing video games on Friday night right. and he then the he, call. he got like, he got he gets a call, doesn't get a, a dry practice at all, has to qualify and then is thrown into the most chaotic F1 race in recent memory and he manages to finish like uh, 14th in front of like three other cars that were on the track. It's not like it was all attrition. He beat Magnus and Botas and George Pitt right at the end, or he retired right at the end. But, I mean, that is, I, I, he's just kind of burst onto the scene lately. So, uh, we'll see how long it takes Danny Rick to recover. Uh, I know he's going to be out for Monza, so we're, I know we'll at least get to see Liam one more time this week. But it could be longer uh, a longer recovery than um, than just next week. But, yeah. I don't live in
1: in Italy. I've only been once in passing. And I just would really love to get all of the newspapers because, they, you know, they talk about how insane the media is with Ferrari. And right now it must just be going absolutely berserk. Not that there's any pressure in Monza this weekend, right, for, for the Italian team. Oh, my gosh. It is going to be a wild deal because you have to perform here. You have absolutely have to do something. But what is a legitimate performance? What, what is a, quote, unquote, good performance for Ferrari now?
2: I think it's a podium. If they can get on the podium, that's a good result for them. I think that's what they're racing for. Um, I think a win is probably too uh, dreaming too much. But, you know, this weekend they're doing a special livery and they've got like the uh, they've added yellow, I think, to the to the livery and to the to the fire suits. They kind of look like uh, like uh, they work at McDonald's. There's memes going around of, you know, those two guys flipping burgers (laughs) and taking orders but it's a it's a tribute to the uh le mans uh uh winning ferrari race team from this prior year. So ferrari came out of uh kind of le mans 24-hour retirement for a a long period and then raced uh for the first time this year and they won le mans, which was awesome. Like ferrari hasn't won any like a anything oh. that significant in a long time. And so now Uh, they're kind of hopefully get some of that mojo by using the the same color scheme that they did for the Lamar. That's what I was just, that's
1: what you heard pop up is that it it was Carlos getting his, uh, his McDonald's uniform. That was his reaction. He's like, (laughs) Oh, it's like, this looks terrible. Well, I'm sure he was saying it looks amazing, but yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's all red and yellow anyway, but the way that they put the stripes on the fire suit (laughs) looks really, it does. Shades of, uh, of Ronald McDonald. But I mean, look, like <laughs> this is a, this is a year where it's crazy because with all the guarantees that you have with max, everything else has been absolutely up in the air. Like it hasn't been it, since I've been into F one racing, you know, basically since the beginning of drive to survive. So 2018, I guess that kind of watching the end of the 2017 season, probably like, that's what they did. The wrap up of the first drive to survive, I think it was for that 2017 season. And I just, there's always been somebody, but it's not just Dan. It's not just like the same guys finishing first, you know, with Lewis Hamilton dominating and, and Mercedes dominating forever. It was also the same guys in all the rest of the order, it seemed like, too. Everybody kind of, and so I, we talk a lot in American sports about parity. just like how much of a premium it is that like the NFL, the fact that even the worst, quote unquote, worst teams on any given Sunday could show up and actually do something against some of the best teams in the league. And they could even steal a win because the talent is that close. And that's what this has felt like aside from Max. And even with Max performing the way he is, that just probably makes his performance even more insane because it's been such a coin toss.
2: Yeah, that's what it feels like. It's I think the parody at the car level and the development level is as close as it's ever been, but we just have a freak of nature who's like locked in on that particular car and uh is not making a single mistake. But it's it's second through twentieth, like we say every week, is incredibly exciting. This week we had six different uh teams represented in the top six for qualifying. And uh I th- I think we might have had that too for the uh I guess we had two Red Bulls in the final six, uh, but up through eighth place, we had eight different manufacturers um uh with Red Bull in there twice. So tons of parody right now. And you just, if, if Max comes back down to earth, uh, then I think we're going to have, you know, a very competitive season next year. But I I think that the, the onus is more on the other teams to step up their game and close that performance gap uh, next year, uh, because we know Red Bull's not going to slow down. So I I think that uh, we, we need to look to the rest of the teams to really close that gap and uh, find that last little bit that they're missing to make next year, super competitive.
1: Not that I'm into this. But for entertainment purposes only, Dan. This is what they say about the about the betting. <laughs> I don't know who would go and bet on uh, F1 because it's so insane. But the odds for Max Verstappen to win the 2023 Grand Prix, I've never seen somebody favored at uh, minus 450. Because the closest <laughs> one after that is Sergio Perez at, 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 at uh, plus 1100. And then after that, it just goes, so here's the order. And it's all pretty much close until... About uh, until about Mercedes uh, uh, until about George Russell, but Ferrari's behind the rest of that group. So it goes: Max mm. Verstappen, Sergio Perez, Lewis Hamilton, uh, mm. and Lando Norris have the best odds for a podium. Then Oscar Piastri, uh, quite quite a, quite a bit behind those two. George Russell with George with uh, Oscar Piastri, Leclerc and Signs for Ferrari are both as it's at least slated here. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. 7 and eight. Mm. That's literally what they really could do. Yes. Fernando Alonso. I don't know what type of a track Monza is. Does it benefit a team like Aston Martin? I mean, he's been that that car he was in this weekend. He really, you heard him say at the beginning there that he's felt connected to it. Their car is really competitive now. But I mean, Fernando's just been insane all year long, uh, despite the odds. But do you put him that far back, or would you have him more along the lines of where Lando Norris and Lewis Hamilton would be?
2: Uh, I think at a, a right now he's driving at the top of his game. He showed so much experience and talent and ability in this last race and the changing conditions i mean i was a believer on the on the lap of the restart after the red flag he was so close to max going into turn one and he even said in the post race that he was considering making a dive bomb into turn one and he just you know i guess uh experience got the better of him and he, and he held back and, and held on to the second place but man he is on it and he is showing how much of a talent disparity there is between him and lance uh it's it's not looking good for lance but uh and thinking back to Ferrari too like yeah the car sucks but it plays uh Monza is going to play into the hands of Ferrari because it is a low downforce track of any of the tracks we go to it's the most high speed low downforce so everyone's going to stick their super tiny rear wings on and go for all out top speed and you know Red Bull's really fast because they can put on a big you know uh fat wing but then they're super efficient with the DRS and like all this stuff so uh I think that it'll be a more even playing field this week and Ferrari has been known in the last few seasons to be a better top speed, uh, low drag team. And I think signs is not getting enough credit for the results. He's able to consistently pull out. Like he seems to be like Mr. Fifth place. So he's just far enough out that we don't ever really talk about him, but he's really consistent and he's definitely out driving Charles this year. So I think if Ferrari's going to get on the podium um, it's, it's going to be Carlos and not Charles.
1: Who else benefits from the setup that Monza has? And, and uh, is it, going to be the 188th uh, passings that they're going to have at this, uh, at this track to pass last week's uh, record. My thought is probably not.
2: Probably not. Unless we get another wet, uh, wet race. You know, we've had some surprised finishes in the last uh, few years. We had Pierre Gasly got his first win there. Right. Uh, and then we LeClaire also won had it in
1: 19. I mean, that, that was, yeah. they've had a different winner. One, two, and Danny three, Ricardo, four. right. Danny Rick back in 2021. They've had five winners in the past five different winners in the past 5 years. So that's at least a positive. Now the, the unfortunate and thing it, is last year was, was Max Verstappen in 22 uh for his first win ever at Monza and that might be I mean but I mean obviously it'd be tough to to call what call it against him but yeah, five winners in the past 5 years is nice.
2: And, they're, and if you, I think, look back the last four winners, the next year at, at Monza, they DNF'd. And so everyone's saying, okay, is the Monza <laughs> curse going to continue and catch Max this year? Is this, can he not break that like speed of sound barrier of nine consecutive wins and just, you know, chaos and chance takes over and he's just can't finish, uh, you know, that beating that streak to 10 wins. But in terms of other teams that it plays into Williams, you know, they have consistently super high top speed, you know, they're kind of known for leading the DRS train. Like they're just fast enough in a straight line without their DRS that they can keep the people with DRS behind them. So um, Alex Albon, he's kind of on a bit of a hot streak. He didn't quite get, I think the finish that he deserved in eighth place that he was probably more of a sixth place car. Uh, So I I think looking at, uh, at there and I, you know, Logan Sargent, I think this is a chance for him to have a breakout race. I think that it you know, obviously it. plays it to his, <laughs> he needs it. It plays into his car's, you know, strengths. Uh, he just was the first American in 30 years to make it into Q3 to qualify in the top 10 yeah. since Mario, uh, Michael Andretti. So that was great. But then he immediately binned it. Uh, and so didn't work out. So I, I think it, if you're Logan Sargent, you're like, okay, I got to score points. If I'm going to score points in my first year, it's this race.
1: Uh Final thoughts here on Monza and the uh, Italian Grand Prix and what your dream podium would be and what a real podium actually is going to be.
2: Oh man. Final thoughts is if it's a dry race, um, man, I think that I, I'm not going to say Ferrari. I mean, my (laughs) heart wants to say Ferrari because of the, Uh, just, it's so amazing. And when Charles won it, that one year was a 2019. It was so cool to watch that those guys win the home race, but, uh, You know, I'm not going to say McLaren either. I think they're too high drag still. I don't see it playing into them as well. So uh, if anyone upsets Red Bull this week, I think it's going to be Mercedes or Aston Martin. So I'm going to go dream podium as Alonzo with a win uh, and Lewis up there in second. And then we'll say uh, we'll give we'll throw Max a bone in third.
1: Okay. the only way that that Max does not finish in first place is with the with the DNF. And I'm That's not saying sure. that the Gremlins are finally going to get him, but I think that you just, it's hard to be perfect all year long, although, you know, Red Bull is defying those odds. But I'm going to say uh, it, the podium is going to be a Max Fernando Checo. Dream podium is Fernando, uh, Lewis, Alex Albon. Boom. there you go
2: i like it i'm gonna throw oh, a, a williams prediction.
1: just kind of a like he just sticks it all together why not when I mean, williams hasn't had a fast car in forever they have one now they have a decent driver he's got some confidence and so that's going to be my uh that's going to be my prediction is that somebody is able to do it there so uh with that i think that's kind of where we're at the end of our road here dan so uh we're looking forward to the italian grand prix and then the, what do we, what do we do take another break and then they uh they head to the race you went to last year right singapore is the the one after monza Ooh, singapore is coming up What you can almost guarantee in singapore is some rain coming down at some point right so oh my
2: gosh (laughs) (laughs) the rain last year was incredible yeah and if not
1: your sweat you can always just rely on wherever you're sitting being wet because you're just going to be either sweating your butt off or it's going to be pouring down rain so uh looking forward to this race this weekend dan we'll chat with you again
2: man Looking forward to it.
1: All right. Uh, for Dan, I'm Alex. Download the podcast. Tell a friend. Teach a neighbor about F1. And it's not that bad, okay? You don't have to wake up that early. Just <laughs> record it like you've always done with all your other sports and watch it later. We'll talk to you next time, everybody.